do this i'm super excited to finally have our first ever undaunted podcast so this has been a project that has been in my heart for i want to say two years almost and it's been in the making and we're finally here so i'm super excited and today we're gonna have a very special guest somebody that is very close to me somebody that you know, sleeps with me. (laughs) Um, And you guys may or may not know him, but my husband is here with us. You know, Undaunted has been a project that from the beginning, we wanted it to focus around, you know, what it's like to live Undaunted. What does that actually mean, right? And so to live Undaunted is basically to live, you know, fearlessly, to not be afraid, to be bold, to be confident, and to be all of those things when everything is against you. Mm -hmm. And so as I was praying to see what I wanted the first um, episode to be, my husband came to my mind. Uh, Actually, little backstory, we went on a date night, and as much as I know his life and I know his story, he just opened up so well that day that I hope we get that kind of feedback again today because he's not a very big talker, but he started telling me his story with a lot more time and detail. And uh, it was like, boom, this is what we're doing. We're going to share his story because it's a story of redemption. It's a really cool story. He has um, a story that I believe can help people and encourage other people. And so that's why we're kicking it off with with him. Um, Also, that being said, my hope is that this podcast and the ones that are to come will encourage you guys to live the same way. But in order for that to happen, obviously, as you will learn through the process, um, you do have to make some moves, right? You have to make some decisions. So without further ado, I am going to (laughs) just uh, introduce my husband, John Businich. Welcome. So I wanted to just uh, go ahead, loosen up, loosen up. Um, yeah. So I mean, I'm here basically to support you. Yeah. Um, I know this is uh, something that, like you said, is put in your heart uh, to you know move forward with, and you know we we've kind of had some <laughs> stumbling blocks to get to this point, to get here, to actually do this because you know our schedules are crazy and everything. Um, so yeah, I'm here to support you and, and just a parentheses, Mm -hmm. everything we went through to get here. And then all of a sudden it's like when it, when God wants it done, like we get it done. Mm -hmm. And we did so much (laughs) research on how to start this whole thing, how to do all Mm -hmm. these things. And just like that, within 48 hours, I was blessed to find a amazing studio fully equipped for us to come and do this. And so I thank God for that because I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to uh, the tech stuff, to be honest. But anyways, I want to hear your story. Let's talk like we were back at the 130 Club, was it? Yeah, we were at 130 Club for dinner, Mm -hmm. and that's when it came to me. So tell me about how it all started. So you want me to start from the beginning? From the beginning. (laughs) From the beginning. And here's, uh, if you guys so, know me, my obsession, sorry, with seltzer is real. So 
Here it is. I was hoping we can crack it on the same time. But yeah, cheers. 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 Go ahead. So, yeah, I mean, you know, this whole, you know, podcast uh, is to aim uh, people to Christ, really. That's why we're here. Um, and, you know, I'm here to share my, my testimony. Um, and, you know, I've had, um, you know, some, some stumbling blocks in my life. And, you know, it all started probably when I was about 14 years old. And, you know, I, I, I had a, a drug, drug addiction problem. And, you know, at the age of 14, I started uh, to smoke weed. And then it just progressed, um, you know, that was daily up until the age of about 20 years old. And that's when I started to graduate into doing, you know, cocaine, um, you know, all types of pills and ecstasy and all that stuff. And, you know, dabbling with different types of drugs. And, you know, it just progressed and it got even worse and worse as, as I got older and at the age of, I would say, 21, 22, I started to uh, use opiates. Um, that was my drug of choice. I, you know, I did whatever it took to get opiates, uh, you know, from doing Percocets, Oxycontin, heroin, um, you know, I did it all. And, you know, a lot of people can can relate with my story. When you get into opiates, it's really hard to get out of opiates. And, you know, they say that, you know, 90, 95% chance most people will never get out of that addiction. Um, so to be in that small category of 5% to me is a miracle. Um, yeah. You know, I um, and, you know, it just progressed. I, I, I kept you know, using till 24 years old. And, you know, then I started getting in and out of trouble because I had to do whatever I could to, to afford to my habit. It, to right, feed your to habit, afford my yeah. habit. So, you know, I was in and out of jail. I, you know, I got incarcerated in, in a huge uh, drug ring. And, yeah, I mean, you know, it's... it's tell it's me a, about, tell me about that a, night. I want to know about that night, that big night. Because the the... Yeah. So, I mean, we were the story, the story unfolds, right? Like all of that led to this major like event of right. this, you know, obviously all that street stuff that you had done before this, mm -hmm. you know, bad decisions mm -hmm. and how just, you know, I mean, I obviously know some of it, but yeah, I mean, for me to really like go into detail, it would it would take quite a quite a while to give it get it all out um but yeah i mean i was involved with like you know a few of my friends and and myself we you know we would go down to jersey city every day and you know we we would buy you know uh roxy cottons is what they're called on the street the blues and you know we would go down there to purchase them and then basically you know we would we would feed our habit by going down there we would get them at a certain cost and do what we had to do, you know, in order to mm -hmm. to feed our habit. Um, so we were doing that continually for like a year. And then, you know, the day happened, you know, where we, you know, we went down just like any other day, <laughs> you know, sunny skies, nice day. We all took off of work actually that day, I remember. 
And, you know, not all of us went down, but it was us three, me, you know, yeah. and two of my good friends. The and, besties. Right. And, you know, we we did what we did every day. You know, we'd pick up a few hundred pills. And it's funny because we were handed uh, bottles of um, prescription bottles with our names on it. And we thought they were legitimate. And so we would just fill them. So like in case we got pulled over, we were like, look, we, I, I got a prescription or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, but then like, you know, we, we left, you know, the, the individual's house who, you know, we would go to every day. And, you know, just like any other day, we started driving home and we were on Palisade Ave. And I'll never forget, you know, my friend was in the front seat and I was in the, in the on the passenger side. And he just said, oh, shh, you know, and... And then that was it. There was like literally SWAT teams like all around us, guns out, you know, vests on, um, and you know, threw us in the middle of the street, threw us on the floor, searched us, you know, uh, packed us up, brought us in, in in Hummers. They were in Hummers, and then brought us back to uh, a precinct in 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 Jersey City, and and you were there was, for how many hours in that precinct? So, I mean, we were in the precinct. Um, well, before we went to the precinct, we were we were being questioned somewhere. I don't remember, like, the building, like, exactly. But they had all of us there. And then, you know, long story short, we ended up finding out it was a raid. And there was, like, 50 people involved. There was doctors, pharmacies. You know, they had one guy labeled a kingpin. He, he literally got a kingpin charge. Um, and Yeah, but I remember you telling me when you were... When you were there, because mm. you were you were at um, in handcuffs, right. being interrogated right. for hours. So yeah, so what I was gonna get at was that when they were questioning us before they brought us there to the precinct, they they questioned us for like an hour or so, and one of my friends, you know, he cursed off the, the detectives, and then he went right to the to the county. Um, literally went right to the county and they were like laughing about it. And then they came in and started questioning me and they were like, and I was like, look, I'm like, I don't know, like the whole grand scheme of things. I'm like, I'm only here. I'm like, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I got a, a drug addiction, you know? And I'm like, I'm coming down here to do what I can to feed my habit. And I'm like, I don't know the whole, you know, story behind it. Cause you know, they were trying to get information and I really didn't know like the whole grand scheme of things until, you know, later on. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, then they came in and they were like, "Oh, you like, you know, you got this prescription bottle." And I'm like, "Yeah." Going back to what I said earlier. And they're like, "We are the ones that planted those pre prescription bottles." And I was like, "What?" I'm like, "Wow." So Busted. like Yeah, so like there was someone already like squealing in the back, mm -hmm. like, you know, who knows like how long that investigation was going on for. Mm -hmm. Um, but then they brought us down to the precinct and then they had us in handcuffs and they had all of us in one, literally one location, I mean, it was probably the size, like, probably 20 by 20. And you had, like, 50 of us, including everyone else that was coming into the precinct, in handcuffs. And literally in handcuffs for, like, eight hours straight. Um, And then, you know, eventually they, you know... But hold on. Eight hours in handcuffs. Mm -hmm. Tell me about how that felt. Oh, eight that, hours with your hands behind your yeah, back there's, literally there's there's no explanation in the pain that you're in <laughs> oh my god your arms your shoulders like you don't you don't realize you don't it realize until you that actually 
this for and, eight hours right. is actually yeah i mean i would painful. i would i was doing anything we were begging everybody in there was begging them to let us at least lift our our arms up and they were like no they were just like laughing at us they're like oh you want to do what you want to do now you can deal with with this you know mm -hmm. and it was you know it was uh it was definitely an, an experience in itself i mean that was actually the first time i was in handcuffs i was gonna say that was the first time yeah, you actually ever yeah, got that arrested was the first time and then um you know after like eight hours they gave me the release to go to go home you know because of the amount of you know pills that i had and they seemed that like i wasn't i was like a little guy on the bottom um but you know i had to come back to court and do all you know all the stuff with court but when they let me go that night and they actually released me from the handcuffs i remember that i could not even lift my arms off to the side like above my my waist like that's how tight my shoulders were yeah. like it literally took me like a half an hour till i finally can go like like this you oh my know God. and it was just like wow i'm like i you know mm -hmm. it, it was literally torture and yeah the little guy you said you were just a little guy in the bottom but really you got screwed more than your friends right, right. and I mean, I mean understanding what we understand now like all those previous times that you were doing all those things before mm -hmm. that day mm -hmm. you know obviously you had some sort of grace during mm -hmm. that time but then now here you are you get locked up the judge sentences you for what was it well Nine. so yeah there's a little bit more to that story i don't know if you want me to share yeah, yeah, all go of ahead. it so yeah. i mean basically you know they they released you know a bunch of people and there were some people that weren't were unfortunate enough to be released because they you know they had higher charges but basically we had to come back to court and it was like a, you know ongoing you know court thing and um basically every i think it was like every 3 or 4 months we had to report to court and you know i guess because of the other people's charges they were fighting it like you know it was all kind of like going back and forth um in between that time I guess because I got got off scot free, I thought that like I can do whatever I feel like doing, you know, like oh I I got away with it, so there's no consequences, and I'm just gonna live my life and continue yeah, living it the way I'm brain living. Brain dead, it. you were right, and then basically, <laughs> I you know I I got arrested two more times with after two, that, two other charges on top of those again, getting caught with pills, and then another time with theft, um. And that that did it, you know, basically by the time I, I had to go back to court, like to be sentenced in mm -hmm. a year, I just I just messed up. And, you know, my lawyer couldn't even do anything anymore. They were like, they see your other charges during this period. And you were still getting high at this time, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't stop. Yeah. Um, and that's what kept driving me to, to do what I was doing, yeah. you know, and, you know, and then basically at. You know, when the time came where I had to show up to court, my lawyer was like, yo, you're going to get 90 days. You're going to go to you're going to Hudson County Jail. I'm like, here I am, a white boy from Bergen County. And I'm like, I'm going to Hudson County Jail. Like, it's no joke, you know. And I'm like, I ain't going. I told him. I told him straight out, I'm not, I'm not going. He's like, well, he's like, it's going to be worse for you if you don't show up. And, this. and I was like, whatever. And I just, I think I like shut my phone off. And I, I was like, that's it. And I, and I remember that I went. If you want me, you got to find me. Right. And then I went. I remember I sold all my electronical stuff. I went to, like, all the pawn, pawn shops and, like, 
Got they're coming to get me. I got like three more days and I'm just going to do me for like three days, like hardcore, you know? Oh my gosh. And yeah. And then. The knock at the door. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I'm an electrician. So <laughs> I disconnected the doorbell. Mm. I was living with my parents at the time. And I'm like, they ain't going to, you know, they're going to get to me. And then they just came one morning, like three days, three or four days later. And they started knocking on the door. And, you know, my dad heard it because, I mean, it was obvious. At that point, they knew that the doorbell wasn't working. And, you know, they came bum-rushing into my room. They were trying to carry me out in, in underwear. And I'm like, at least let me get dressed, you know. And that's it. And then that's when they drove me off into, you know, down into to, to Hudson County Jail. And, and you were sentenced. How long were you there in the jail? So... Yeah, so then I I was dealing with a judge that was very strict because his son actually OD'd. He overdosed from yeah. using opiates. So, like, he didn't take any no of that mercy. stuff. Yeah, he didn't take any of that stuff lightly. As he should. Right. And then basically he, he you know, I, I should have gotten, like, anywhere from three to four months. And he ended up sentencing me to nine, nine months. Nine months. Right. And, I mean, that was the longest nine months of my life. But, you know, he... He did what he did, and, you know, I did what I did, mm -hmm. and there was consequences to my actions, and, you know. And there you were doing right. nine months. And so I know um, one of the parts of the story that I know that I like and that I want you to share is how, you know, God was always working behind the scenes, right? Mm -hmm. And when you got there mm -hmm. and you were so scared because you were scared, mm -hmm. you were also withdrawing from all your drugs mm -hmm. in front of all these people mm -hmm. in the cell, going through all of it. And if anybody knows anything about that, it's, you know, you're sick. You feel like you're dying, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I've never gone through it, thank God, but I know from you. Um, so going through withdrawals, in a cell with all these people that some of people were there for even like murder, right? Mm -hmm. Like really, you know, criminals of all types and sorts. And, mm -hmm. uh, and then there you were and you found help within the jail cell, uh, within the jail, right? Mm -hmm. So there mm -hmm. was a gentleman that every time I think about him, I, I literally say a prayer for him because that's the thing, like God puts people in your path that are going to protect you, right? Like it says um, that we should entertain everybody and be nice to everyone because you don't know that that's actually like somebody that was heaven sent, an angel for you. And that's exactly what this man was for you. So mm -hmm. you want to tell us about that guy? Right. So let me just give an explanation before I get to him. But basically, you, you got to understand this, that I'm giving this this story. My testimony is this, that, you know, when you when you when you get off opiates after using it the way I did, you know, you go through re really severe withdrawals, like mm -hmm. very severe. I mean, flu like symptoms times 100. Mm hmm. Um, and you're dealing with that for like a month straight, you know, I mean, you, uncontrollable da uh, bowel movements, you're vomiting, diarrhea uncontrollably. Um, you know, you're not, you don't sleep. I didn't sleep for a whole month. I literally probably slept like 30 minutes a night for 30 days. <laughs> um, so getting into that story with the gentleman you're speaking about, um, when we when when you're coming off withdrawals and you're in general population, so that's where I was. I was in general population, and yes, I was with, who knows, you know, there's 
250 the worst of the worst. people in there that were just coming in for from all for all all types of charges. Most likely, some of them murder. I mean, we're in Jersey City, and and Carney, South Carney. Um, but so in that, I had to, I had to some sort of. So basically, through the withdrawals, they're gonna they're gonna help you out when you go to jail. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna use uh, use in the jail. I mean, which um, some people do. Some but, people yeah. do. They give you medicine. In. But they give you, yeah, it's not really helpful, but, it, you know, it's it's enough it's to, to get, get you by. by yeah. And I remember I was online, um, you know, with, to, to see the nurse with like, you know, like 30 other people to get uh, to get medication the first night or the second night. And I was in a room. The room is literally five by by nine, I think it was. And there's four guys sleeping in there. And, you know, I wasn't the only one sick in that room. We were vomiting, diarrhea, all that, you know, all that stuff, we sharing the toilet right in front of us. Um, so I was online to get the medication. And then there was like old men, like, you know, came up and he literally just like cut me off. And I was like aggravated, you know what I mean? I'm, you know, I'm already withdrawing. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm like, give me something, like, you know. Yeah. And... This guy cuts me off. So I'm like, yo, and it was like an old man. So I'm like, who's this guy think he is? So I'm like, I'm talking to everybody behind me. I'm like, who's this guy think? They're like, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, trying to like tell me to do something. So I was like, I went up to him like, yo, I'm like, why'd you, you know, why'd you get in front of us? Like, get back in the line like everybody else, you know? And he was like, oh, I bet, whatever. Like, you know? And he went in the back. <laughs> Who's that for? So this old man, I mean, he was old. And long story short, his nephew was in the in in the general population where we were in the intake and he was a high ranking blood <laughs> got to be careful who you cross right <laughs> and this dude wanted me yo like he like oh and he gosh. looked nuts like you know like he's like he like i wouldn't put a pass him if he was going to stab me the next day like mm. literally like that's how that's what he looked like like he you know and one of my bunks bunkies was was the dude and he you know he was also affiliated with a with another gang the dude meaning the dude that i'm talking about right the angel the angel <laughs> and you know f whatever it, it may be he 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 you know he stood up for me and he was like look he's like i know you're neutral and he's like he's like i'm gonna go talk talk to this guy for you and i was like man i'm like i don't even know how this guy has the 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 cojones to go talk to this guy in the first place <laughs> but like i remember being very fearful like for my life at that point because i'm like you know i'm i'm in you, you the thing is like you don't understand until you're in there the jungle that you're in like mm -hmm. you know i mean there's people getting stabbed in there there's people getting thrown up against the columns bashed the heads getting bashed in i mean that was the first week i was in there i saw that yeah you know and it's heavy, like heavy stuff right and you know he, I, I saw it. He, he was white like me. <laughs> he, the only other he, white he guy. He approached, you know, the, this black dude and, and, you know, he walked him around the tier and he, he gave him what he said and he basically told him like, don't mess with me. And <laughs> the guy never messed with me. And I'm like, this dude is part of, he's affiliated with, with, with the, with the, with the Aryan Brotherhood, 
Mm-hmm. And he's literally one. And there's like 200 of them. Mm-hmm. But this dude was nuts. I mean, I guess he must have been nuts. They, they must have known they who he is. They were scared of him. They were yeah, scared of they him. know who he is. Like, he, he was just not like someone to be messed with. And he he did what he did. He said what he said. And I never, you know, I never got any backlash for what happened. So, you know, I praise God to this day for that guy because, like, who knows what happened to me mm-hmm. when that that occurred. And that guy was all tatted, you said, right? Because I, yeah, I always picture him. he was tatted. He all had, tatted in his head he everywhere. Had, yeah, he had a huge indent in his head. He was, you know, bald. He had a huge mm-hmm. indent in his head. He said he got uh, hit with a brick one time. He got jumped yeah um but yeah i mean you know and then after that we you know he went wherever he went Mm -hmm. and then they put me in a tier with 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 charges you know people with the same charges as me so that i would be you know and and, i know he he watched your back till the day you left those that place right right? he he was there for you up until the day you left i know that he said to him you know when it's time for you to go home, you know, you're going to follow my lead. I'm going to make sure that you're, right. you know, safe walking out. Because apparently when you're leaving the jail and people find out you're leaving, mm-hmm. it's a whole nother commotion where they try to mm-hmm. come for your things. And yeah, and yeah. that's a whole nother thing. So, well, praise God that that guy was there. Um, tell me a little bit about when you, you know, found Jesus. So, funny story. I mean, this all... My journey to Christ all started when I went to jail. Mm-hmm. So I would, when I finally got into the tier where, you know, I was um, populated with, with people with the same type of charges as me, like low, low charge, low criminal charges, uh, you know, we would have to stay in the tier. And, you know, county jail is horrible because it's not like state where you can move around. You're stuck in the tier inside all day long. You know, if it's raining outside, it's bad weather. If it's cold enough, they won't let you outside so you don't get fresh air. Mm. And I would do anything just to leave the tier. I'm like, you know, they would be like, oh, we got there. We got library or whatever. Like, you know, we got this. And then they started doing, uh, you know, different worship services. And they started saying like, oh, we got a Christian worship service. I'm like, ah, yeah, I want to go. <laughs> like, you know, not knowing anything about it. I just, you know, I just wanted to go. You just wanted fresh air. Right. And I want to get out of the, the same atmosphere. I wanted to see something different, yeah. you know. I mean, it literally drives you nuts. So they, they let me, you know, they would let me go. I'd sign up for it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm getting out of here. And then, you know, we would go. And then like, I remember just like, being there and i'm like the the guy that was that was singing the worship music was was a spanish dude and you know he played an acoustic and he was just like this dude was going to jail for the rest of his life and he was praising god like i never seen someone praise god before and i remember like seeing everyone else around me like lifting up their hands and like praising god i'm like what's going on in here but, like, I started to experience that. And when I saw that, I'm like, you know, it started to get me more, like, involved. Like, I wanted to know more about it. And, you know, why do these people have joy in the midst of where we are at, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. And w- what they're facing, you know? And I just started going more and more and more. And then, it's funny, I got close to uh, uh, a gang member. Um, he was a Latin king. And he would read the Bible every day. Every day he would read the Bible. And I'm like, so weird. Like, you know, like, then just started like 
God kind of like started showing himself to me in there. Yeah, different ways. Right. And then, you know, I would start reading the Bible. Like, um, you know, I didn't know what I was reading. I was just reading it. And then like we would we would we would right next to each other and we would talk through the vents. Like, yo, I just read this. <laughs> and he's like, Yeah, I just read John this. Yo, Bible this. study, Bible study. Yeah, and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, you know, it's so weird. It just like started like happening, mm-hmm. you know. Um and then, you know, uh, you know, the whole story of me staying in there, probably you know, basically the whole sentence because yeah. of the judge, and then finally a new judge came in, they released me. And I remember the day that they released me, I was in a state tier. I don't know why. It's like they set you up in there. <laughs> the last month I was in there, they decided to put me in a state tier where I just saw knives and all this other stuff. And I'm like, why am I, you know, why are they like setting me up? Like, you know, it's like they want me to fail. Yeah. But it whatever. Was so, so much like. By um, the grace of God. Yeah. So much like uh, was like against you, even right. from the moment you got sentenced. You right. know, you were. You should have done three months. You did nine months. Mm-hmm. You get in there. You try to take your medicine. You're about to get killed for it. Um, now it's about to go home. And now you're over there in the state tears. But this is all like now that we know, right? It was like a time of preparation. And it mm-hmm. was such a needed time for you. Mm-hmm. Because look what happened, mm-hmm. right? And that's why that's what happens sometimes. Like It's not to say that like people have to go to jail or go through things like that. But a lot of these trials change people mm-hmm. but you need to want that change right because really you could have been just another statistic mm-hmm. or you could have been just you know back in jail a hundred times mm-hmm. and done that same pattern over mm-hmm. and over again just like so many people yeah, do and so many people get trapped in there i mean mm-hmm. the stories if i were to tell you all the stories yeah. that I came across i mean these people are literally 90 percent of their lives are in, in and jail out. in and out they're in jail mm-hmm. you know in their 50s they spent yeah. 40 years like in jail it's like how do- Fast forward to um, when we met. So now he's already out of jail. I I don't know him throughout this whole thing. Um, We meet each other. You were already out of jail and doing your Bible study thing for a couple, what, years? Like two years or something like that? What's that? When we met after you were, when you got out of jail. Mm -hmm. How long were you out when we met? Like two years, three years? Not Not even? Not even two years. Not even two years. a year and a half. Yeah, so I remember very vividly when we started dating and talking and whatever, and we started making like a connection, right? Like mm-hmm. an emotional connection. We started really liking each other. And he says to me, um, you know, there's something that I have to tell you, but I know that if I tell it to you, you're probably going to just not want to talk to me again. Mm-hmm. And I remember it so vividly because my response was, oh, what? What are you going to tell me, that you're a criminal? (laughs) That's literally what I said. I was like, what are you going to tell me, that you're a criminal? You know, like, come on. And you were like, yeah, actually, I am. And I was like, all right. So then he told me his story, you know. But being that I was already in Christ, right, and a true believer of second chances and, uh, you know, seeing past that and saying it's okay, you know, like we're gonna we're gonna do life together and mm-hmm. it's gonna be really good, mm-hmm. but we're gonna do life together and we're always gonna keep God first. Mm-hmm. Like for me, you know, church and our faith and our walk with Christ was always like a deal breaker. Right. If you weren't going to join me in that, it just was never gonna work. But mm-hmm. praise God, you never said no. Mm-hmm. You came along the ride. Mm-hmm. And now you are an incredible man of God, not just because you're my husband, but you are. 
Praise God. And it's such a good story of redemption because you don't realize, like, I guess people may or may not realize that if you are stuck in drugs, and we're talking like serious drugs, like those drugs that are still killing people nowadays, there's people that are, you know, maybe not physically dead, but they're dead. Mm-hmm. They're dead because what are they doing with their lives? Nothing, mm-hmm. right? They're They're bound to all these, like addictions and problems and hurting their family and you know and whatnot and um just a repeat cycle but god is so good and so faithful that he always gives you a way mm-hmm. right like you were saying he presented himself so many different ways in that jail and you mm-hmm. could have just been like oh no instead of uh, the worship service mm-hmm. i'm gonna go to the gym or whatever or or play basketball and get mm-hmm. some fresh air mm-hmm. but you know the bible tells us that there's always a way out yeah, and like you were asking me before, like how I came to Christ, like it was like from for everyone is different. It's a different story. Everyone's got a different path. Like mm-hmm. for me, like God started showing himself to me in jail, right? And then I got out and then like I had that like kind of period where I was kind of like drifting away from like obviously from the things of God because I wasn't like confined into a space. But then it's like, no, 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 you're coming back, mm-hmm. like, you know? And that's when I met you, and it was like, you know, then you started telling me about your faith. And I'm, I was like, again, I'm like, why is this coming to me again? Like, You really, you, know, you like, could have met like a, a, yeah. a junkie from right. Cliffside right. because they're there by the zillions. Right. And like falling right back into the, no, into, yeah. into I mean, it. That, and that's the thing, too. Like, I mean, there's just so much I can tell you about, like, how, you know, I ended up staying clean from, from opiates and all those, you know, cocaine and everything I was mm-hmm. using. Because, you know, you know, and that's the thing, like, it was like God, like, again, was like, no, like, you need to, like, you know, you need to repent. First of all, you need to come to me and then you just start over, you Mm -hmm. know, and like, I still didn't take that step until I met you. And then you started telling me, like, let's go, you know, start coming to Bible study and everything. And, and I'm like, here I am again, like God's showing himself to me. And I'm like, this is not, you know, by chance. I'm like, how is it that again? You know, like God shown himself to me. And I remember that first day I went to Bible study with you and like, you know, I heard the whole service and I'm like, you know, I heard about being born again. And I'm like, what, you know, what is that? Like, I wasn't sure. Like, I never really heard that term before. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then we had our, you know, our brother, our big brother, Eddie, he came up to me and he was like, you know, he's like, have you accepted? I'm like, no, I'm like, I was like, I never accepted Christ. He's Mm -hmm. like, well, that's all that is, is being born again is. You know, it's a renewal in the yeah. spirit. It's not so much anything physical that you can do. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, he's like, have you, he's like, do you know about, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I know, I've heard about Christ, you know, growing up Catholic. I mean, you know, I didn't really read the Bible or anything like that. Um, but, you know, he told me that night, he was like, do you want to accept Christ? And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I, you know, mm-hmm. I believe in Christ. I want to accept, you know, I want to accept him as my personal Lord and Savior. And I made that, that decision that night. And, you know, Pastor Renee you know, uh, led me through the through the prayer, mm-hmm. um, and then that you know that was history right there. Mm-hmm. And just now funny, here we October twenty eighth, about in a week, two thousand fourteen. It's I been that many years, and that's what you know. You you did it fear, fearlessly, like you mm-hmm. weren't questioning it. You were just led, right? It was your time. Mm-hmm. And so many times that, like, God presents himself in people's lives in different ways and they just shut it off. Mm -hmm. And then they start screaming, like, oh, why, God? Why does this happen to me? Why me? Why me? Meanwhile, 
there probably was somebody there or, you know, some sort of you know, opportunity for you to change it all around. Right. But, you know, you block out those things. Mm -hmm. And but anyways, to God be the glory, because, yeah. you know, here we are. And I know that, you know, it also I want to say because it is what it is. Right. But you you did all that, uh, you know, cleaning of yourself and withdrawing and all of that really, you know, the, the raw hardest, way, the hardest way, the hardest way. Yeah. yeah. Some people can even make it through yeah. that. A lot of people even pass away trying to do that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. you know, God was definitely with you. And again, unfortunate that that had to happen. But thank God that, you know, he had a plan for you mm -hmm. that I mean, come on. Can you like honestly think like say that you would see yourself doing what you're doing now? Never. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, married we have a beautiful family healthy baby girl sophia your own business your ministries mm -hmm. the church everything mm -hmm. like come on somebody like you and that's what the bible says right he'll take uh what does it say that uh he doesn't qualify the how does it go he calls the qualified qualifies the called yeah. i can't get I it right remember. now but but anyways he looks for people that you know, want to be used. That look unqualified. That look unqualified, yeah. And he'll turn it around and, and make it something amazing. And mm -hmm. that's awesome. I want to read um, just real quick to wrap up the scripture, right, that came to us also when we were doing Undaunted. And it's from John sixteen thirty three. In the Amplified, it says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. In the world... You have tribulation and distress and suffering, mm -hmm. like you did. But be courageous. Be confident. Be undaunted. Mm -hmm. Be filled with joy. Mm -hmm. I have overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished. My victory abiding. Amen. So that's so awesome. That's exactly, and I mean, not just you, all of us, right? We're going to have tribulations and things like that, but it's what you make of it. Mm -hmm. And true testimony that, I mean, I'm sure gets worse than your case i just happen to not know worse than your case yeah i mean look, um, <laughs> but it's what you glory, make it to all be. the glory belongs to god at the end of the day like you know i'm like if it was <laughs> if it was up to me i wouldn't be here anymore like honestly yeah. i would probably be dead or incarcerated again or whatever and how many but, friends like, we know sorry to cut you off but people that we've known all these years that we've been together right we've been together whatever seven nine, nine years, years. Yeah. um how many people we have lost to this mm -hmm. I mean, literally, literally yeah. a lot, even just recently again, mm -hmm. but it just doesn't end. So mm -hmm. your chances were very slim. Right. And like, I believe that, you know, you go through things in life so that your testimony, you know, can show the power of God, like, you know, and, yep. and people could see that, you know, that are in the same situation that you, you were in. Mm -hmm. You can guide them through it and show them like there's a way out. Like you don't have to live that mm -hmm. that life in 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 the in the in the pit, you know. And with Get the same yourself. token, people that aren't going through something that dramatic and feel like it's the end of the world. Mm -hmm. Well, look at people that have gone through things that are so much worse, right? Mm -hmm. Like if they can do it, how much more can you do it? The right. opportunities are endless, right? right? God's God uh, gives us that opportunity all the time, but. Thank you so much, mm -hmm. babe, for being an awesome guest. And I know, you know, being bold and telling your story. And 
I really do appreciate it. And um, that being said, we're going to wrap it up. And next time we're going to have another awesome story. This one was on redemption. The other one is going to be a little bit different, but also super powerful. And I pray that this um, time together, you know, blessed you and that, you know, you learned as well to make a change and just, you know, listen, listen to, to it. Look, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you just listen to that voice, right? We all can say that there's voices in our heads and usually it's a good one or a bad one. Mm -hmm. Always, always try to listen to a good one. Be conscious of that voice Mm -hmm. and chances are you're going to be okay. And then eventually that voice is going to turn into the voice of Christ if, uh, if you come into the kingdom. So that's, that's our hope with this whole thing. So we love you guys. Thank you so much. And we'll see you soon. Love you. Love you. Cheers. Cheers. (laughs) 